This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The Building Better Business podcast is the best place to learn how to take your business to the next level. It's no longer enough to earn good profits. You need to develop a network of connections as well as use all types of marketing to your advantage that will put you over the edge. Hosted by me, Steve Eschbach, a financial executive with decades of experience in dealing with businesses and business people, we'll learn how this all comes together. Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele, which in turn will build you a better business. Greetings of the day, my fellow listeners, and welcome to another edition of Building Better Businesses. I am your host, Steve Eschbach. I own a business here in the Chicagoland area called Transworld Business Advisors. I am one of five or six franchisee owners here in the Chicagoland area, and I'm also one of about 220 offices worldwide. We are the fastest growing business brokerage and the fastest growing business brokerage in the world. And our role is to assist business owners confidentially sell and match them with qualified buyers. We also find an occasional business owner or two that wants to expand via acquisition so we can also help them acquire a business that is either in their field or up, upscale, downscale, or however you want to on the uh, distribution cycle, if you will, to expand uh, strategically and synergistically. We also do franchise sales and franchise development. So if you're a business owner looking to expand via the franchise model, we can assist you there as well. I'm delighted today to have uh, JP Clement today. He's going to talk to us about marketing. Marketing is one area that I think uh, is uh, a very important topic for successful business owners. And we're going to learn a little bit about more of that in, in a second. Let me just give you a brief info. JP is the CEO of Boomtime. He has over 30 years of experience in marketing, digital strategy, and product management for companies ranging from startups to global brands such as Madison Square Garden, my hometown. I was born and raised in New York, so I love that one. General Mills, I eat breakfast every day. That's good. DFS Group, Johnson & Johnson. My vaccine did not come from Johnson & Johnson, but I do know who they are. And National Geographic. And there's more to your background and story that we're going to talk about. But JP, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, tell us about you and Boomtown and uh, everything else we need to know about who you are. Sure. Uh, well, Steve, thanks for having me. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm the CEO of Boomtime. I joined about a year ago. Uh, prior to Boomtime, I had uh, a pretty diverse uh, experience working for small companies, startups, very large companies like General Mills. And then I started, uh, I was on the corporate side for a long time. And then in 2006, I, I started working in the uh, on the agency side of things. In 2009, I started my own ag first agency. Then I followed that quickly in 2010 with another one. And then uh, 2017, I started a third agency, which led me to work at Boomtime, uh, where the old CEO of Boomtime and founder of Boomtime had decided to uh, pursue some other interests and uh, wanted to replace himself. And we were very... Um, we were very much of the same mind as to 
how to, you know, the issues facing typical marketing agencies and the fact that, you know, it's, those are service businesses that are very hard to scale. And something I've been thinking literally for the day I started my own agency is like, how do we scale this agency? How do we do this? How do we create IEP, um, intellectual property? And we ended up very, being very compatible and uh, kind of uh, saw a lot of uh, the same in one another. And uh, so he decided to offer me the job and uh, took it. And I've been, it's been a quite a ride uh, in just one year with a lot of changes going on, but also the pandemic didn't help obviously, but yeah, so we've, uh, we've been, uh, uh, we've been trending along on the marketing path and helping a lot of uh, small and medium sized businesses do digital marketing, do digital marketing period and do it better uh, than they probably were doing it before if they were doing any, any kind of digital marketing. So there's going to be a lot for us to explore in that area because mm -hmm. I know marketing is on uh, on every business owner's mind because uh, that's critically important about getting the word out and getting your next client, next referral, things of that sort. But mm -hmm. before we get there, I have to rewind the videotape. And I know digital marketing doesn't have videotapes anymore, but we're going to rewind your background, talk a little bit mm -hmm. about your childhood, your upbringing, how your uh, parental uh, and other family members had some uh, influence about where you are today. So let's go back to your childhood. Let's uh, let's picture you on a tricycle uh, uh -huh. going up and down the street. What's on your yeah. mind? What do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. So well, let, let me first lay on the couch so we can have this better this conversation thoroughly. But you know, so yeah, I grew up in France, as you can hear from my accent. Um, my mother uh, retired from teaching in high school when she had my brother who was two years younger. So I was, she was very much at home, an at-home mom with two little terrors on her hands. And my dad was an engineer uh, who worked for the Navy in France, but uh, he was not a military person. He was a civilian involved in kind of top secret kind of research projects for the Navy. And I grew up by the beach, you know, in Southern France and I enjoyed that very much. Realized very quickly that there is nothing to do there after you graduate from high school. So went to college in, in uh, Paris and then ended up going to business school in the US, that's how I ended up there. But going back to your original question, my family unit was incredibly tight. Uh, we didn't have a very big family. I didn't have any first cousins, for instance. And my parents were very intellectual, I would say, and intellectual snobs and really were very into us, my brother and I getting a great education. My dad was a scientist and a very kind of a perfectionist. My mom was a very creative person, incredibly creative. So I kind of fell into in between those two poles. My brother uh, definitely took a very different path. But for me, it was, you know, I, I knew I had some very creative sides to myself, but I was having a problem, maybe some problems expressing in my daily life and school and whatever. But also I had, I had a very kind of disciplined, analytical uh, side to myself. Um, so when I, I was doing pretty well in school, actually really well in school, I graduated high school when I was 16 and went to a year of prep school and then went to a, um, a school in Paris for college, a private school. And there I realized that, you know, I was, although I was trying to follow my dad's footsteps by becoming an engineer, going to a top engineering school and whatever, it was not really what I was suited to. And I kind of fell into... Uh, this world of business, basically, and and realized that marketing was the perfect combination of you know catering to my creative sensibilities and to my very disciplined, analytical and more scientific uh, capabilities. Because 
A lot of people may think that marketing is all about uh, creativity and, you know, they sometimes equate advertising to and marketing. And uh, marketing is actually a very, very disciplined discipline. <laughs> it's very, you know, analytics and marketing are critical. You need to look at your analytics. You need to do all that uh, homework. You need to, to do marketing based on facts. And the beauty of digital marketing is that you can do a lot of that. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that later. But but yeah, so I, I realized that that was what I you know, what was probably the closest to what I like doing and who I was and and also the way for me to make money uh, as opposed to my passions, which were more in the realm of uh, tennis, go-kart racing and car racing and things like that, which my parents said, no, 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 you can do that after you're done with college. <laughs> By the time I was done with college or Obviously, I was like, okay, now I'm too old to do all these different things. So, so that was uh, kind of my trajectory to a certain extent. I hope that answers your question. No, you did actually. And uh, I'm going to add a little more insight to your background. Mm -hmm. So having a teacher as a mom and mm -hmm. having a military officer as a dad, you got the discipline from your dad. You mm -hmm. got the instructional and learning from your mom. You had a little bit of creativity in your mindset, but... Mm -hmm. You just mentioned it right here that marketing is just you have to measure performance to determine how effective your marketing program is. So I think that all ties together. Do you still do go-kart racing and things like that? Or is that way behind you now? I know, no, no. As soon as I could uh, afford to go back into car racing and go-kart racing, I did. <laughs> so uh, I, I just sold my last go-kart. I used to do club racing uh, with uh, full-on cars and, uh, and things like that. But so I've enjoyed that fully. Uh, and what was uh, afforded to me because, you know, I was doing marketing, I think it's so in a way it did work out and uh, that was uh, that was really good yeah well that sounds good so i have a number of topics to discuss here but tell us a little bit more about boomtown you're the ceo you've been there for a year what type yep. of organization is it is a uh, a lot of internal consultants do you rely on outside independent contractors how does that all work no, we pretty much do it all ourselves. Uh, so I have a staff of about 32 people and we do anything under the sun in digital marketing. And we've built our own analytical tool that enables us to do our campaigns in a more disciplined manner, in a more consistent manner. So we can do better marketing at, with more efficiency and therefore reduce price for our clients. Yeah. And you yourself were based in New Mexico. Is your entire team there or are they all over the... Yeah. The so we went fully remote during ownership before the pandemic, but uh, we kept a small office that we got rid of during the pandemic. So we're fully remote. Most of my team is around New Mexico, uh, but I have people in uh, Wyoming, in Arizona and in uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. You're right next door to me here in Chicago. Are you uh, global or just national? We're mostly North American, although we have one client in the UK, but we have a lot of clients in the US, all across the country, Canada, uh, several clients in Canada and a couple of clients in Mexico. So what type of people do you look for to be part of your team? You got 32. Uh, they're not all the same like you or are they? No, they're not quite all the same like me. So, you know, we have uh, a few different teams. So one of our team is basically uh, developers and product managers, and they manage our own the proprietary software that I mentioned. Then we have a series of people that do marketing. And uh, we have a creative services team that does all the things that our marketing people don't really know how to do, like building websites, uh, designing logos and things, or designing, uh, producing videos and podcasts. We do our own podcasts um, and things like that. So that's kind of our team. So we're always looking for good people. We have a very strong culture in a sense that, you know, we have a very clear set of core values. 
a very clear vision and mission statement. And we want to make sure that the people who come to work with us kind of meet all of these um, criteria. So, you know, one of the things I, I learned during my many years are running companies, running teams, is that sometimes the cultural fit is more important than the resume or what that person has been doing in their private uh, professional life. And I've made the mistake of hiring some really great people on the paper who basically uh, did not work with the culture of the companies I was in. So a very, very critical thing, but uh, we spend a lot of time, you know, interviewing people, looking at all kinds of putting them through the pace basically to make sure not only that they know what they're doing and have the re- required uh, experience and expertise, but also fit with our team. Because we're kind of, a, I mean, first we're fully remote, which is not easy for some people. And then we're kind of quirky, you know, we have a very, very broad uh, range of uh, of uh, personalities, of uh, ethnicities, of religious beliefs, or whatever. We, we really believe in diversity, but still there is a very core uh, central culture that kind of holds all these very diverse pieces together. Yeah, and I think that makes a lot of sense because uh, having a diverse group, I think, and you're going to tell me better than I can tell you, mm-hmm. but having that diverse group, I think, kind of adds an element of synergy because you have input from various people mm-hmm. with different specialties, if you will, and that all kind of comes together to uh, create mm-hmm. a uh, an essential product that gels together i would think yeah, or- very much so you know we have um, obviously because right now i think in the, if you look at uh, the latest reports i think there's over 40 different subcategories of digital marketing or techniques that you can use in digital marketing so think about email marketing social media marketing content marketing influencer marketing and on and and, and so on so you, you know it's impossible to find the one person that knows everything so one of our core values like is we say we are curious we learn, we educate. So everybody in the company is tasked from me on down to the lowest level to win a company, which is not that many level of 32 people, but we're all tasks, tasking each other out to learn from someone else in the company and to educate within the company. So if you're an expert at something, please share that knowledge and train our other people who might not be as expert at that uh, specific topic. And then we do the same with our clients. You know, we, we educate our clients a lot, which I think is critical because a lot of them didn't, I've never done digital marketing by the time they become our, our clients or they have no one doing digital marketing, but they know they need to do digital marketing. And so we educate our clients a lot during the sales pro- uh, process, but also, you know, after We've signed them up uh, to make sure that they understand what every step of the process is, uh, why we're doing the things that we're doing. We're big on the why. And so that's uh, that's what we do. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I want to go through some of the topics for discussion here because they're mm-hmm. all very, very interesting to me. So the uh, first one has to do with uh, B2B sales optimization. That's a very general and broad topic. So why don't you mm-hmm. expand a little bit on that for our audience? Yeah, so it is a very broad topic, you know, and it has many, many components to it. But this is something that, you know, so we do ourselves, obviously, a lot of B2B sales because we sell to other companies. But most of our clients, about I would say about 80% of our clients are um, B2B companies. And B2B marketing and B2B selling, it's you know pretty different from B2C um, selling and marketing. Although those two have kind of converged in the past few years, but still, you know, there are significantly, very some significant differences. And, and so for us, you know, we look at all the steps of the marketing and sales funnel. And we know that we're very good at specific things in that funnel. But we talk about it to our clients. We try to educate our clients about each step of, each steps of the funnel. Actually, we just finished a... Um, 
eight uh, podcast series uh, about each steps of the funnel and discuss that and how digital marketing can help with each of these steps and so on. So um, I think, you know, B2B sales optimization needs to take a look at all these different uh, steps of the funnel, knowing that at the 40 plus uh, digital marketing uh, techniques that I just mentioned, some of them apply to some steps, some do not, uh, and some are better at some things. And uh, so we, uh, you know, uh, sense optimization needs to, and also obviously sense optimization needs to take a look at monitoring the analytics of, of your cells. So we spend a lot of time ourselves, but we tell our clients to, you know, have a great CRM. We, we use pipe drive, but, you know, think about HubSpot, Salesforce.com and all these different CRMs, but, and really making sure that your CRMs are set up properly, that you actually look at the data, that I mean, these CRMs generate a ton of data, great dashboards and everything. That's critical to know how your sales process works, what doesn't work in the sales process, identify the gaps, the uh, issues and so on. And then I'm selling here a little bit, but partnering, especially if you have a small organization and most of our clients do, partnering with someone who knows how to look at sales optimization, knows to look at, at marketing op- optimizations as it relates to lead generation and all of that is critical. Um, you know, it's impossible to know, to have all the knowledge that you need today, as, as I mentioned, about all these things happening in a digital marketing space and how that affects sales, right? So partnering with a client, with um, with someone like an agency that knows what they're doing or a consultant, it doesn't have to be a full agency, um, is pretty important. Actually, we even, you know, we drink our own potion, right? We uh, our own Kool-Aid. Um, we do for ourselves everything we do for our clients. And actually, we test it first on ourselves, make sure that it's going to work. And so, yeah, we, we just hired a sales consultant uh, to help us with sales because, you know, we realized we didn't know everything we need to know. So, yeah. Well, I think you might have answered the question and what you just told us here, but one of the next items here is what's stopping your marketing from working? Mm, is there anything yeah. more you can add to that? Because you talked about oh, a yeah. lot of <laughs> I hope this is a two-hour podcast because this is something I've been thinking about for years, literally. And so I think the things that stop people from doing good marketing, I mean, there's three major areas, I think. One is the lack of strategizing. And the strategy, I'm using that as a very broad term, but you know, you need to do your homework. You need to fully understand your target market, uh, the different personas in your target market. You need to fully understand your own capabilities right as a company. So you need to do all that homework and be very self-aware and do that homework and strategize. Because again, there are so many different things that you can do in marketing. You need to be able to say, and because there are so many different things in marketing these days that you can do, there's no more silver bullet, right? So you need to figure out the combination of lead bullets <laughs> that are going to get you what you, you the, the right type of marketing and deliver the kind of the right results. So part of the strategizing is also identifying which of these techniques are going to be working knowing actually how they fit together. In some cases, they, you know, they don't. In some cases, they do. And thinking about your goals and, and objectives, you know, and putting some hard numbers on, on those goals and KPIs, key performance in, indices. And so all that strategizing is critical. And we see a lot of our clients who don't do that. So we do that as part of our campaigns. 
for our clients, obviously in very close co- coordination with them, but that's something that is critical and a step that unfortunately cannot be skipped. Otherwise, your marketing will, will suffer. The second one, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going along here a little bit, but so the second one is analytics and monitoring. All right, so you have to set the KPIs, but then you have to track against those KPIs so you know what's working and what's not working. And you, the beauty, as I mentioned before, about digital marketing is that you can measure almost everything. And so it's very easy at very low cost to track what's going on. And then to most cases, it's free thanks to uh, Google, right? Google Analytics and things like that. And you can, so tracking the results, uh, measuring against those KPIs, and then taking corrective action when things are not working is critical. Another good thing about digital marketing, really easy to change something. It's not that you have to reprint a bunch of magazines, right? Or or uh, put an ad in a different set of magazines or things like that, or buy a TV ad or anything. So you can change things incredibly fast and see results very soon. Uh, I think I lost my train of thought a little bit, but... Um, no, I think we've got a good handle. A couple other things I want to cover. And, you know, you're giving me the reason to get you back for a second podcast. So not to worry. If you don't cover okay. it all today, <laughs> you'll cover it next time. So we've talked a little bit about the importance of facts and digital marketing decisions. That kind of goes along with your KPIs, managing mm-hmm. the performance indicators of what you're doing, mm-hmm. which essentially goes into the next one, proving or calculating digital marketing ROI return on invest, but I get all that. The one last thing I want you to cover here is um, using LinkedIn to drive new business. Now you do digital marketing, you help the clients get their marketing efforts to be more effective. How does LinkedIn tie into all of that? Is that something easy to describe? Yes, that's an excellent question. Actually, LinkedIn has become, so we call it Connect as a package at Boomtime. And Connect is basically a series of different things that that we do on LinkedIn. Because again, uh, most of our business is B2B. The B2B world exists and lives day in, day out on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn for a lot of our clients and for ourselves is an incredible place to network, to uh, generate leads and so on. So we have a series of tools at our dispositions proprietary tools that we use to work with to to do basically what we call connection campaigns on LinkedIn. Without going into too too much detail, they're pretty automated, so low burden on our clients. In some cases, we do everything for them, so they don't even have to worry about anything. But we can color code the various types of leads. We can calculate the value uh, the value of those leads and how and the ROI of the specific LinkedIn campaign and all of that falls within the rules of engagement that LinkedIn has uh, as set which are very pretty tight compared to most other social networks yeah so LinkedIn is an incredible place where you can do get a ton of return on your investment in terms of marketing and that I we recommend to all our clients pretty much and that that you know that is one of our biggest sellers right Right. And I know for a fact that LinkedIn uh, is not a stagnant social media tool. It does change over time. So if you think you've mastered LinkedIn today, well, then wait three months. You'll find out there's another particular aspect of LinkedIn. They're always improving, just like you're improving, just like any company should be improving. So a company like yours, I got to believe, JP, is one that stays on top of all things to advise your clients accordingly. Exactly, which brings me back to the third point. I don't spend much time on that. The third point I'd forgotten before is that a lot of marketing marketing campaigns don't work because a lot of our clients don't know what they don't know, right? And so 
as you just mentioned, LinkedIn and every social network and digital marketing in general changes constantly. The rules of engagement change, the regulations change, the what's available for you to help you out changes too. So you have to stay on top of it. And it's very difficult for a company that is doing a million other things to do that, to keep, stay on top of it. And so this is what we do for our company. So one of the ways to go to cure that issue of um, you know, not knowing what you don't know is to work with people that do know that and spend a lot of time and energy and, and money staying on, on top of the new developments on all of these different types of digital marketing. How many clients do you have, JP? How many does Boomtown have? Well, we have two businesses who've been Boomtime. So we have a few dozen clients in digital marketing and we have a legacy business where we have like obviously much lower CLV clients, but probably we have 2,500 clients where we did a lot of automated digital marketing at a very, very low cost. So, Well, the reason why I asked that very important question, because you deal with thousands of clients with the same objective to enhance digital marketing and that. So you do it day in and day out for a number of clients. So you are always on top of that, whereas companies are doing what they do and not so much you do. So it goes back to the whole bringing the subject matter experts to help you do better what you want to do. I think that's basically it. Mm -hmm. So JP, we've run out of time, unfortunately. I know you wanted two hours. I only gave you 20 minutes. So that's <laughs> okay. You got to come back six more times to get it all done. But <laughs> last but not least, where can they go to find out more information about you and uh, Boomtime? Yeah, so the easiest place is uh, boomtime.com, B-O-O-M-T-I-M-E.com. And then the great place to find me is on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. We post a lot of podcasts and articles and things like that. And um, I'm uh, linkedin.com slash in, I-N slash JP Clement. So easy. This is great. I appreciate you sharing some insights. I'm telling you, you can never get enough information about marketing your business. And like mm -hmm. you said, you could probably do it for two hours more. So thank you so much for your time. Thank awesome. you for sharing your insights. Chances are we're going to get you back again because I don't think you covered everything you wanted to talk about. Now, did oh, you? No, I have plenty more to say. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to take too much of your time right now and your listeners time. But thanks a lot for having me. And yeah, I'm always open to coming back. You bet. And I definitely will do that. And listeners, thank you for joining us. I'm sure you've gotten a lot out of this and uh, be sure to check out JP and uh, we'll see you next time on Building Better Businesses. Thank you. The Building Better Business podcast is the best place to learn how to take your business to the next level. It's no longer enough to earn good profits. You need to develop a network of connections as well as use all types of marketing to your advantage that will put you over the edge. Hosted by me, Steve Eschbach, a financial executive with decades of experience in dealing with businesses and business people, we'll learn how this all comes together. Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele which in turn will build you a better business.